All right. You know what it is? You know who it is. We're back. We got episode 25 of the fight cast. We had a huge weekend in UFC. One of the best probably I've seen in quite some time. Obviously the past year because of this whole COVID stuff. But we had uh, fans back in Florida and had some awesome fights. There was a lot of boxing this weekend as well. I had a good weekend. Jake had a good weekend. Uh, had, uh, what's his name? Uh, Bennett, uh, the boxer. First round knockout guy. Uh, what's his oh, name? Berlanga. Berlanga. I was saying, I don't even know what I was going to say, but Berlanga had another one. Um, UFC was great. There was some gross stuff, but there was some good stuff as well. Uh, so we'll start there. UFC 261 was headlined by Kamaro Usman and Jorge Masvidal. Uh, we had some five fights on the main card. They were all awesome. Um, I think I don't know if they were just all awesome or they just showed up because the fans were back, but every single fight was just, like, hyped. Um, Anthony Smith versus Jimmy Crute was the first one. Um, that was the only fight of the night that I got wrong. I picked Jimmy Crute. Uh, Crute looked good coming out um and smith just looked way better smith had his jab working early you would have been uh you would have been happy he used his jab like i haven't seen a ufc fighter use his jab in a long time and he was picking crew apart from a distance um just kept hitting him and catching him on the in the in the eye his right as yeah his right eye was pretty fucked after the first two minutes of the first round um and he was it was not looking good for him uh but then right out of nowhere uh, Anthony Smith landed a kick on Jimmy crew and his leg just like gave out and he had like drop foot. I, and I guess it was a combination of nerve stuff and um, ligament damage. I don't know exactly what happened with the ligament damage, but he said he couldn't feel his leg and he dropped to the ground. He took down Anthony Smith and then the rest of the round was on the ground. So nobody knew what was really going on with his foot and he got right back up. And as soon as he got up, he went to put weight on his ankle and his ankle just like twisted. And he was just like limping to the corner. And they were, they were like, yo, like what's going on with your leg? He's like, I can't really feel it. But he was like, I'm good. Like, let me fight. So they had him stand up and then his knee just like, like his leg just gave out again. He was like, I'm good. Just let me go. And they had him walk forward. And as soon as he walked forward, his foot was like this, like literally just like going back and forth, couldn't stand stable. And then they called the fight. Um, So he lost after the first round. Uh, Anthony Smith won. Uh, I picked crew, but you know, Smith is a seasoned vet and he looked like a seasoned vet and he looked like he was trying to prove a point and, uh, he proved his point if that was the case, cause he looked phenomenal and I'm definitely excited to see what he does next fight. After that, we had Uriah Hall and Chris Weidman. If you watched the fight or you saw the highlights, you saw what happened here. Uh, Uriah Hall, I think was the first fighter to win without ever throwing a punch. So he won his fight without throwing a single strike or kick or anything. Uh, Weidman obviously broke his leg. Um, one of the things I said last week on the podcast was uh, Chris Weidman was known or one of his calls to fame or his most famous moments wasn't even him. It was when Anderson Silva broke his leg on Chris Weidman and uh, Chris Weidman did the same thing. So he, uh, so I got to watch out with these calf kicks. Everybody's talking about using these calf kicks and whatnot, but uh, this is this is the downside. There's a very slim risk to reward, or big risk to reward ratio for these calf kicks. And uh, if you go against somebody who knows how to check them, that's very uh, you can hurt yourself like a lot. 
and not even just like breaking your leg because that's not as common but you know connecting shin on shin is going to hurt the person who throws the kick a lot more than it does the person who's checking the kick so um he didn't even check it that well either uriah hall he just kind of leaned into the kick and there must have been you know like a lot of people were saying there must have been some damage on weidman's leg uh before the fight for that to happen because it didn't look like he connected that hard it didn't look like he caught you know anything that difficult on uriah hall but uh yeah so leg snap in half he went to step back the whole thing it was disgusting got carted out and uh uriah hall you know won the fight uriah hall uh did say he would give Weidman another shot down the line, but he wants to, you know, see where he can go right now. Cause Weidman, who knows if he's going to be back. Cause that could be a pretty uh, career threatening injury, especially at this point in his career, which is pretty late, but uh, Wyatt Hall did win. Um, next fight uh, was the first of three championship fights. And these were all insane fights. Very good fights. Uh, Shevchenko is filthy. She is, uh, I, I think now I'd honestly give her a shot to beat Amanda Nunez. Like she just looks like she's at the top of her game in all aspects, the wrestling, the striking, the, the clinch work. Like she put on a show this weekend and, and it looked like she was just out there proving a point. Um, Jessica Andrade is a great fighter and she was champion and she beat Rose who, you know, we'll talk about in a second, but Jessica Andrade got dominated. There was not one second in that fight in which she was, uh, in any way moving forward in any way doing anything offensively you know Shevchenko had an answer for everything she did try and then she got her in uh, <laughs> a very uncommon crucifix where uh, she had her arms her Andrade got her arm stuck between Shevchenko's legs and then the other arm was pinned behind Shevchenko's arm so she was just sitting out like this with her arms flat on the ground with her face wide open and couldn't defend herself so Shevchenko just elbowed her until the fight was over. Um, they called that one. So, but she, like I said, just looked phenomenal. Um, and I really think the next fight needs to be her versus Nunez again. For, and this would be the third time they fought. Nunez won the first two. But I really think at this point, I would take Shevchenko just to how sharp she looks on the, on the feet, how sharp she looks on the ground. There's just too much that she's she's good at and she's getting better at it each fight. And I, I, I hope that's the next fight. Cause I definitely want to see it, but Shevchenko, you know, looked amazing. Um, I picked Shevchenko by, I think decision, but, or no, I think I picked her by second round TKO. And I think she won in the first round, but I, I actually it might've been the second round. I don't remember, but anyways, one there. Um, then we had Zhang, uh, Zhang Welly, I think that's how you pronounce her name. And then Rose Nama Yunus. Um, Rose had a nasty, nasty kick in the first round and just dropped Welly. Uh, just perfectly placed. Couldn't have been any more perfect. Um, she got knocked out, didn't even know what happened. And she was fighting with the ref after because she didn't believe it. And um, same thing with Masvidal, which we'll talk about. But Rose, uh, she deserved it. She came back. She's the first, she's the first person. And I don't know if it's just women's MMA history, but she's the first fighter to win the championship twice. So she won it, lost it, and then won it again. Um, yeah. So I guess no one's ever lost the title and then come back to win the title again, which is pretty cool. Um, she's a great fighter. Uh, she rise. she really rises to the occasion. 
And she, you know, in the last couple of years, she's been trying to figure stuff out up top, like mentally. And I think she did that. And she came back and looked phenomenal. She dropped Zhang Welly in the first round with that beautiful left kick. And uh, that was that. And she had like a really iconic post game, uh, post interview. Um, she just looked like she earned it and she deserved it. She was really emotional and it was good. Um, then obviously the main event, we had Kamaru Usman, Jorge Masvidal. This fight was uh, not exactly how it planned. Uh, it was supposed to play out, but it had the same result. Um, I don't think anybody going into this knew that Usman would knock out Masvidal. Masvidal, at least as far as I've seen, has never even been wobbled in any fights that I've watched, and he just got fucking dropped. And I don't know that Usman could even do that again if he tried. Uh, I don't know if he saw the knockout at all, but yeah, uh, he just had a perfect, like, perfectly placed right hand, like, on the chin. Um, uh, hold up. Before, before you get any further into this, let me ask you a serious question, though. Do people in the MMA community – think that Jorge Masvidal is a good fighter? Uh, they think he's a good boxer. I, I never thought he was an elite fighter. He's a fighter. trash boxer. Let, let me just tell you that. He's, yeah. he's not a good boxer. He's yeah. not. Uh, doesn't move his fucking head. Because I, I, I remember saying this. Uh, I, I forget who, who he was fighting like a year ago. I was like, Masvidal gets hit a lot. And then all the guys in the gym, all the other trainers, like, no, he doesn't. And then I watched it, a couple of his fights. He gets like, hit yeah, a lot. He gets but he, time. yeah he just doesn't he just has a chin uh, yeah right and he he can take a punch that's it like he yeah. definitely gets hit a lot and he i never thought he was because he's been you know darren till dropped him um he got hit a lot against nate diaz nate diaz just doesn't hit hard enough so yeah. like nate diaz is more of a volume puncher nate, nate diaz and matt masvidal basically throw punches the same way where everything yeah. is all arm and again i understand that a lot of that is because you're, you're, you have to be ready for kicks and be ready to kick yeah. and things like that. So your, your hips aren't turning the same way that you would in a boxing match. I get that. But when they do stand to exchange and only throw punches, yeah. they don't get any turn on their hips. So there's nothing behind those punches. Yeah. So, yeah. No, but yeah, again, I, I've said this, I think, since Masvidal really became relevant after the whole Askren thing. Like, I think Masvidal is good, and I think he – uh, I don't want to say earned a shot because I don't know that he actually did because I don't think this fight should have happened in the first place. Like, I don't think this should have been a, a rematch. I think the only reason Masvidal got this was because he stepped in. It was more of like a reward for stepping in on short notice the first time. Yeah. I, Usman was clearly better. And, and this, uh, like I said, I don't think that Usman knocks him out nine times out of 10. I think this was that one time, but it was just like a perfect shot, perfect moment, perfect placement. And uh, the only punch that I saw Usman throw that entire fight that looked like an actual punch. Yeah, everything else, he's a he is not like I said. I like again, like we said this about Engano last week or the week before about how when they throw punch, wide flailing shit, but they're so muscular and so solid that when they land, it it fucking you could tell it hurts. Yeah, yeah, but they look awful. Yeah, and Usman, I mean, he just keeps winning. It's ugly. I, I don't I, I don't like the way he fights. I think he gets hit a lot. He got rocked, you know, in his last three fights, and then he got hit again against Masvidal. But he stood his ground. He did everything he needed to, and he won. Um, so, I mean, whatever happens next, it's looking like him versus Colby is going to be the next uh, next in line because Colby is apparently due for the belt. And that was probably one of the best 
UFC fights I've ever seen um, in that division and in general. And I really think that Colby has a chance to beat him um, if they, they come back around, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, then Connor was calling him out and all that stuff, but Usman for right now, you know, he's, he's pound for pound up there as one of the best fighters. Um, but you know, we'll see what happens. There's a, there's a lot to be said. And, uh, honestly, I, I, I've, I've, I wouldn't say I disrespected Usman over the last couple years, but like he's earned my respect up to this point for being a winner. I'm still not like the greatest fan of his fighting style, but, um, he's, he's still got some room to grow. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I watch him fight and I'm like, this is, and this is my problem. I saw an, a, a fucking hilarious meme the other day um, because this, the UFC pound for pound ranking, yeah. it's just like, it's, it's based on like, um, it's almost like seeding in like, in like basketball, right? Like you got all these great teams in the Western conference and then whoever's in, in like the, the top spot, there there's this they get rewarded and it's like yeah but they're not really that much better than like yeah. the 50 right and i feel like it's like that in the ufc like guys are like oh he's the goat but anyway the meme was the meme was, you know that um is that anime shit where the kids looking at the butterfly yeah and it was like it was like uh mma fans on twitter and then like the butterfly it was like uh whoever wins the latest paper pay-per-view yeah. and it's like yeah. this is the goat yeah no and i i I've, they, that that does annoy me because they they do say that after every fight like literally every single like even with rose like they were calling rose the goat and they were calling like you know everybody uh like it's a very it's hard though because like when you see a fight like uzman and he's fought three times in the past like six months and he's won convincingly every single time like i can understand him but it's just like every single person who wins they're a legend. They're they're the greatest. They're one of the greatest. They're one of the greats. And it's like they're they're a fighter. Like they they have to earn. Like to, to, Usman was the only person that night that could have been considered anything other than just like a, a very good fighter. Um, but at the same time, they do that. It's a very much like a recency bias thing. Like as soon as they see something, it's like he's the goat. He's the goat. He's the goat. And then two weekends from now, when uh, I forgot who's fighting, or three weekends from now when. Uh, Michael Chandler and Oliveira fight when whoever wins that fight, they're going to go, oh, they're the pound for pound greatest right now. Like, you know, it's just, it's just how it goes. And that's just like a very much like whatever's good right now is a great thing. You know, I, I think because the way that UFC is marketed, that that's just a result yeah. of that type of marketing, that it's marketed like television, like yeah. popularity contest. Right. I mean, yeah. and like, Every time something happens, like, oh, this guy's the greatest hog. And then I'm so sick of fucking seeing Joe Rogan. Like, this guy, Joe Rogan, is just, like, everything to him is so amazing. Yeah. Like, everything that any fighter does, like, oh, that's so amazing. It's so, and, like, you hear him say things, like, oh, that, you see that, oh, what a, what a kick, what a, what a punch. And it's like, I'm watching the same fucking thing. And it's like, dude, there was nothing, like, that was, like, even if a punch doesn't land, he's like, oh, man, if that landed. It's like, yeah, but it didn't. Like, could you imagine boxing analysts sitting there every time a punch misses? Like, oh, oh boy. It's like, it's like there's a there's a huge, huge difference in in even the, the announcement, like the sports in general, right? Yeah. Boxing has this long history. There's no read to pump, no reason to pump it up. The, the, the commentators are all, you know, nice, polished, professional, sort of like, you know, go just 
color commentating as it goes along. And so, so when something actually amazing happens, they react accordingly. Yeah. These guys over in the UFC are just like, rah, rah. they're like fucking drunk guys at a bar. You know what I mean? Like they're cheering over every little thing that happens. And it's like, nothing happened though. Um, yeah. It's really hard to watch. It really yeah. is. And I think that, uh, you know, with that being said, there's a lot that the UFC does well, um, but they do have a couple things that they do need to work on overall. But I think, you know, I think a lot of it is Joe Rogan just experience and like his broadcasting, but you know, like I said, I, I uh, Joe Rogan does do that a lot. Um, and he's, he's one of the guys who was like, Oh, he's one of the greatest of all time. Like right <laughs> yeah. after he wins. Um, DC yeah. is a little bit different about that, but like, and Joe Anik, Joe Anik's just like there, like Joe Anik's just like the dude who sets it off and then just lets DC and, and Joe just talk to each other. But um, but yeah, so it was a great weekend. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was one of the best cards I've seen in quite some time. Um, obviously, with fans back, it's different. And then we got uh, this weekend, we got Dominic Reyes and uh, Jury Projaka. Um, you know, I really think that Dominic Reyes, I've never really liked his style. He didn't, he rubbed me the wrong way after he beat John Jones. He looked as though he was already the champion, even though he lost and he was acting like he was a champion. And then he fought Blahovich and he got rocked and knocked out, which set this whole domino effect of, is he stepping up to 205 and, and whatnot? Um, he's got a chance to redeem himself here in his first fight. I think since that, um, just double checking on that. Yeah. So his first fight since losing to Blahovich. Um, so, you know, I, I think there's a good chance he wins here. Um, but I, I am going to go with Projaka to win. I think that Reyes really got, uh, what do you want to call it? I'm, I'm not convinced that he's, he's fixed from that last loss yet. I'm, I'm convinced that he's uh, a little bit defeated in his confidence from the last fight. And I think that he's going to come out here. He's not going to look good. And this Projaka guy is, uh, you know, an up and coming star. And I think he's going to step up to the, to the challenge. And I think he's going to win. He's younger. He's got longer reach and I think he's going to, I really think he's going to pull this out. So what I'm going to say here is I think it's going to be a second round TKO by Prajaka. I think Reyes is going to look good in the first round and uh, he might even win the first round, but I think that Prajaka is going to come out and, and beat him in the second. So that's the only fight I'm going to predict this weekend. It's a pretty light card. Um, Cub Swanson's on it. And other than that, I haven't really watched a lot of these other guys, but yeah, so Prajaka, I'm going to go the second round TKO. And like I said, this past weekend, four for one. Um, yeah. Oh, speaking of memes, that's what I wanted to say. Did you see the, uh, did you see any of the Ben Asker and Jorge Miles with all memes? Oh, I saw one like uh, that uh, I shared. Did you see the one I shared? Wait, was it you that come, you want to come over for, yeah, a, sleep for a sleepover? And they're just, <laughs> that's probably one of my favorite memes of all time. Just Jorge Miles with all the bed and Ben Asker on the ground just <laughs> slept um there's so many oh it was so funny but yeah so um boxing we had a lot of boxing this weekend we have a lot of boxing this weekend and uh yeah i'm excited to talk about it so uh let's let's uh let's break that stuff down all right so last weekend i think i what did i pick four or five fights we had uh the i think you picked five fights okay so i can't even remember what the last one was uh, well, so I, and I think I picked all knockouts. Um, 
But Berlanga the only- had that first round knockout. Huh? Berlanga had that first round knock or second round knockout, right? No, 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 he the no, he went the distance. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, maybe I, I read the wrong thing then. My yeah. bad. So Xander Zayas uh, was the only one that that scored a knockout, and I said like his his, his previous fight, which is only like two or three weeks ago, um, he should have destroyed the guy, and he went the distance. So I had a feeling he was going to come back strong against this dude, um, and he knocked him out in like eighty seconds or something like that. What, what was it like? very very quickly he he just he destroyed him um so it wasn't even there wasn't even a chance to like there was nothing to break down he just can't you you could tell he came out like i went the distance last time fuck that man i'm gonna destroy this guy and that's what um then there was uh Josue vargas um uh that went to um that went to a decision uh I thought for sure Vargas was going to be able to put this guy down, but uh, it ended up being, you know, just a, a boxing lesson. I mean, Vargas boxed the shit out of him. Um, then there was the Berlanga. Uh, thought for sure he was going to knock out this dude. This guy, this guy fucking, um, what is his name? Uh, what's his name here? Damon Nicholson. See, I said this last week, he's a dizzy mother. I've seen so many highlights of him getting just touched and him. I thought for sure Berlinga was going to put him to sleep, but, and Berlinga hurt him, I don't know, seven, eight, nine, ten times. Bad. And he knocked him down, I think, three or four times. But this dude uh, kept getting up and he kept getting back on his jab. Um, And I actually uh, learned something. Um, knew, and this was bound to happen. Berlinga, young guy with power, knocking everyone out. He was going to come up against someone who has something that's a little difficult for him to get through because he can't just walk through him. Yeah. And it was a nice, long, quick jab. Uh, I think Berlinga is going to have trouble moving forward when he fights these guys that are his height or above his reach or more that have a really nice, solid jab and keep pumping it out there because it was it was getting in the way of Berlinga consistently landing shots. Like there were pockets where Berlinga was able to land his big, heavy dynamite, but it was, we would go rounds without seeing it yeah. because Nicholson was able to get back on the jab and keep him away. Um, so we learned a little something new uh, and, and Berlinga looked tired as fuck the last three rounds. It was only an eight round fight. He looked dead until like the last, uh, he did get his last knockout, I think, with 18 seconds left in the in the fight, um, and he ended up probably the first time he's been past the first round. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but when it came down to that last minute of the eighth round, he he turned it on again. Um, so he, it's a good lesson for Berlinga, you know, get, getting you know, get. And I heard, um, um, what, his trainer is. Uh, Rogier, I think. Um, I think of the same dude. Um, Berlanga's trainer? Yeah. It is Rogier, I think. But uh, um, he, um, I heard him tell Berlanga, you know, going. Andre Rogier? Yeah, Andre Rogier. Yeah, it is Rogier. Um, he, I heard him tell him at some point during the fight, like, look, the streak is over. It's out of the way. Now we can, we can move on and we could, we could box now. Um, 
And I think ways I was listening to uh, Wonder Boy Thompson. He's a yeah. UFC fighter on Joe Rogan podcast. And he was saying how like not not it's obviously not the same, but he was saying how like sometimes these these things like weigh on people because like they they feel like they have to do it. So like once the fight ends where you don't knock someone out in the first round, it's almost like a relief. And he was talking yeah. about how like the first time he got knocked out, it was like a relief almost. Like he got knocked out and he was like, All right, it happened. Like that's fine. Like, you know, it's just like I never have to like it's not that you never have to deal with that again, but it's like it happened, it's gonna happen. But it's just like, oh, all right, I don't have to worry about that anymore. Like, worry about that happening ever in my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, and I, I'm, I'm sure again, I mean, there, you know, again, I've talked about it many, many times that, you know, the um, the ego, the, the the confidence that it takes to be a really good fighter. And part of that is feeling like you're untouchable. Mm-hmm. And then when you get touched, you know, how do you, you know, get past that? What, what is your next move after you figure out, like, oh, I'm not invincible. I'm not fucking Superman. I can't just, put everyone to sleep you know what i mean yeah. uh-uh. and that's where you really learn about a fighter like is this dude a fighter or is he just a guy that hits hard you know what i mean yeah. and and so i think we learned a lot about berlinga and again having having a trainer like rogier has been in the game for forever it, it it helps definitely um it was a good fight though really good fight because again that dude nicholson i thought this dizzy motherfucker was gonna just go full i thought he was gonna fold and he he, he came there to fight um, and, and showed something with his, with his jab, some pretty good boxing. Yeah. Um, then we had um, uh, the main event was Emmanuel Navarrete and Christopher Diaz. Um, it was a fucking war. Um, I, I picked Navarrete to knock him out late in the fight. I think I picked the 10th or 11th round knockout. Um, he knocked him down uh, three times, I think. Um but this dude, Christopher Diaz, like, I don't know. Did they stop? Oh, yeah. No, no, I forgot. I didn't. I forgot they stopped the fight with like 20 seconds left. I forgot about that. Um, so Navarrete, like, in the middle of the fight, uh, Diaz just was throwing combinations. Like, he was a hurricane. He would move a couple times, like, so you know how sometimes like you see uh, you'll, you'll see guys like standing on the outside, they'll slip, yep. slip, slip, and then just sort of not do anything. Maybe throw a jab or, or whatever. Right. He had uh, a very obvious plan. It was slip, slip, move right in, bah, 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 throw a shit ton of punches, then do it again. So the, the idea was not let Navarrete use his length because his reach would be a hell of a reach advantage. Yep. So it was to get inside, hit him a lot, because you could tell it made him uncomfortable. And, and he did that for the most part. Um, even though Navarrete, I think it was like in the fourth round or something, Navarrete caught this dude with a, an uppercut that he like threw from halfway across the ring and knocked Diaz down. Um, but Diaz was, he showed incredible fucking heart, man. Like he was getting beat the fuck up the second half of the fight and just kept coming forward. Um, and it got to the point in the 12th round where... Even I, like, I, I saw the moment, okay? So you could see he got knocked down earlier in the 12th round, came back, started throwing punches, and you could see, like, okay, he's not hit. Everything that is fueling him right now is it's muscle memory and heart. Like, that, oh. that's what he's working on right now, right? Because uh, he's been beat the fuck up. Um, there came a moment right before his trainer threw in the towel, Um. Like he, they, they were trading shots. He was taking the, the worst of it from, from Navarrete. Uh, there came a moment where Diaz 
you know, he's throwing all these shots. He got hit with one and then immediately sort of like leaned over, backed up, put his guard up. And you could see that was the moment where his brain disconnected from the rest of him. Like the muscle memory, the heart was gone. Yeah. It's like that there is like you saw the act the second when that guy didn't have any more to give. Yeah. And it was a, I thought it was, I, I even, I said it out loud. I was like, oh, they got to stop the fight. And like two seconds later, his trainer, it, so he's got a credit to his trainer. I don't know what his, his trainer's name is, but uh, Christopher Diaz's trainer is a really good, that's the kind of trainer that you want. He let this guy work on heart, the heart that he knew that he had for like five full rounds. And he was doing a really good job. Wow. It just became too much. And at that moment, his trainer saw the same thing that, that I saw. Like it, that's it. He just doesn't have any more, even though there's only 20 seconds left in the fight. Yeah. I, if he takes a couple more punches, it could fucking kill him. You know what I mean? He just doesn't have any more. And so he had no, no choice, but to stop it. Um, it was, it was, a, it was a great fight, man. It was a good, there was a lot of punches thrown, a lot of punches landed. It was a, it was a really great fight. Um, and then after, uh, you know, there was some Twitter back and forth between Navarrete and Shakur Stevenson um so we'll see if anything materializes out of that that'd be nice, nice. uh but yeah o- overall uh espn put out another great night of fights um just fun to watch for free mind you for free yeah not thriller trash yeah. ass thriller um cool and then uh was that those are the ones you predicted i well we said five right there was only four what the, i don't even know i can't even find the other i don't remember the last one you picked and i didn't write it down yeah, I can't. I can't remember. I don't even see it on here. Um, but yeah, I think I think that was. I think that was it. All right. Well, whatever. We got a whole weekend of boxing to break down. We got yeah. uh, Andy Ruiz fighting this weekend. We got uh, Fendora. We got Arizandi Irivs. How do you say his first name? Irislandi. Irislandi Lara fighting for a championship. So we'll start. Uh, however many you're going to break down, and we'll go from there. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go in uh, in chronological order. So I'm gonna start with uh, what is this Friday? Well, what's the day? Yeah, so f- tomorrow. Um, one of my uh, favorite fighters to watch, mainly just because he's Irish, is uh, Michael McConlin. Um, he last fought in August, I think. Um, Junior featherweight, um, Michael Conlon's a very, very skilled fighter. Um, he's fighting this dude, uh, I don't know how to say his name. Yonet Baluda. Yonet Baluda, okay. Uh, he, uh, the dude's got some skill. This dude Baluda can, can fight. He can box a little bit. Uh, so it's going to be a very interesting fight. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to say that it goes to the decision and Michael Conlon, uh, wins a decision um i I think there's gonna be a little bit of rust um and actually i think this is this is my actually michael conlon's moving up from 118 i believe i like i I forgot i didn't know this was what my uh i didn't know michael conlon by name i know him by face but i uh i've seen him fight before yeah um yeah so he's he's moving up so it's gonna you know i think i think he is i think he's more skilled than baluda um and he throws, Conlon throws beautiful combinations. He does, he does put himself in tough situations sometimes um, where he takes a lot more punishment than he should. Didn't he get knocked out last time he fought? Huh? 
Didn't he lo- get knocked out last time he fought? No, no, he won yeah. his last fight. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I think just the Irish in him ma- makes it so that he, you know, he gets in there and he, he takes punishment that he doesn't necessarily need. Yeah. To. <laughs> um, I think I think there's the skill level is just uh, too high for for Beluga. So I'm taking Conlon in um, decision. Then we got uh, Saturday. So on the Fox pay-per-view card, um, we got, uh, let's see where the undercards. Okay, so I'm gonna, I'll start with the, the Lara versus Thomas Lamana fight. Uh, this, it's, it's for a vacant middleweight title. Lamana must've been- um, Mandatory? Mandatory or something. Uh, he, he he can't fight, man. Like, <laughs> he, he can't fight. I think Lara's gonna. Lara's a really really great boxer. He's very technical, um, very slick, tough guy. He, I, I just I think he's gonna box the shit out of this dude, Lamana. Um, I'm I wouldn't be surprised if there was a knockout, um, but I'm gonna take Lara in a decision. Um, and then Sebastian Fandora. Uh, junior middleweights, Fundora is like six seven or six six or something. He's gigantic, oh, yeah. um, but he really knows how to use his range. He's a really really fun guy to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna, and he's got a little bit of power for being. Listen, these these tall skinny guys, they have a type of power that is like it's hard to describe. Like it's when they throw straight punches, it's almost like taking like a, a broomstick and like jabbing you in the face with it. I think it's just because like, of the distance. There's just so far they travel. Yeah, I, yeah, they're gen- they're obviously like that. That's the obvious thing, right? Is that their 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 um, their fist is traveling further, so it's generating more um, force on the yeah. way in. Um, but it feels much different from a, than a guy who's like small and solid. It feels very different. Yeah, um, he's got some power. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Fundora. I'm gonna take him in, uh, you know, let's say a eighth round knockout. Right. Um, then we got Andy Ruiz, Chris Ariola. Um, Ruiz, obviously, everyone knows he beat uh, Joshua. Yep. Had the heavyweight championship for two seconds, then lost the rematch because he came in fat as fuck. Yeah. Um, now he's with um, one of the best trainers in the world. Um, with um, um, Reynoso, trainer, yeah. So, and he's he looks great. He's he he's down. I think he, they said he's weighing in at two eighty five, two sixty five, something like that. Scary. That's a scary fight for a lot of people in that division. Yeah. Um. So I'm taking Andy Ruiz in a fucking massacre here. He's gonna come out and prove a point. Yeah, because because listen, we know Ruiz has power. We know that he had, he's always had power. He lost all that fucking weight. Nope. He he he's a former. He, he had the heavyweight championship, first Mexican heavyweight championship champion in the history of boxing. So he's got motivation, and he's got Reynoso, one of the best trainers in the world. I, I think this spells fucking absolute doom for Ariola. Ariola is a, a decent fighter, and he's got some power. He's a tough guy. I think he's getting fucking mopped up. I think Ruiz is gonna put him, get him out of there within three rounds. I'll say a third round knockout. I think he's looking. Uh, I think he's looking towards Wilder, but we'll see. M- maybe, um, but I, I, I think, uh, I think uh, Ruiz puts a, a, a terrible beating on this dude for 
the few runs that I think it's going to last. Yeah. Um, then we go over to the zone. Let's go down the list here. Uh, so we'll start with uh, Ricky Hatton's son, Campbell Hatton's fighting again. Again, he's at the beginning of his career. They're giving him bums. So I'm sure Hatton is going to, um, but this is only a second fight. Um, I'm going to say he learned a little bit from his first fight where he was trying to kill the guy in the first round and then, you know, blew his load and didn't have any energy for the rest of the fight. I'm going to say he learns a little bit from that. He's a little more patient. He knocks this guy out uh, second round. Then we got Chris Eubank Jr. versus Marcus Morrison. Um, this is an interesting fight because Eubank Jr. is a guy that a few years ago, his name was up there with all the great middleweights. Mm-hmm. Um, then he had some bad showings. Um and now he's sort of like, I don't know, on his way back up, trying to make it back into that, that mix so he could fight for a belt. Um, Roy Jones is training him now. Okay. Um, the guy Marcus Morrison, Morrison can, can box a little. Um, but I, I, I think that Eubank being on the way back up, trying to get back into that mix for a belt and, you know, Whatever tips he's getting for, like picking Roy Jones' mind, I think is only going to help. Um, I'm going to say he knocks Morrison out. Let's go six round. All right. Awesome. Then we got Katie Taylor. Katie Taylor. Natasha Jonas. I don't know anything about Jonas. I'm just going to go out on the limb here and say Katie Taylor is going to fucking box the shit out of her for 12 rounds and win in a landslide. Um, every, like everyone has heard what I've said about Katie Taylor on this podcast. I think, like, honestly, she could give men at 130 problems. Uh, she's that good, that skilled of a box. She knows boxing so well. Um, I think she's gonna fucking murder this chick. Um, then we got Dimitri Bivol versus Craig Richards, um, for the um, Bivol's light heavyweight title. Uh, this guy, Craig Richards, is a tall, skinny dude. Um, he's got a little bit of power. And has a nice jab. But he's a little wide with his punches, a little wild. Um, he throws too often. He throws power shots from the hip. And Bivol is like one of these, you know, Eastern European guys that is just like super technical. Yeah. Um, and he's got some really good power. Um, and so I, I think that it, it, it's a bad combination. Wide punches, leaving yourself open, and a million fucking straight punches that lead into combinations that lead into fucking the uppercuts and hooks from Bivol. I, think, I don't think it's going to end well for Richards. I mean, I, I'm going to say 10th round knockout for Bivol. And then finally, we have heavyweights. Derek Chisora and Joseph Parker. Um, both these guys are, are pretty decent heavyweights. Um, both have done, they, you know, they, they, they fought all the big names. Um, normally, I'd say this is a pretty close fight, pretty even fight. But Chisora, for this fight, has Buddy McGirt in his corner. Mm. 
So I'm going to go ahead and say uh, the game plan of McGirt. And, and, and he's got uh, David Hay. I think okay, David Hay is trying to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's got David Hay and Buddy McGirt in his corner. I think whatever game plan they have, it, it's, it's going to work. Yeah. And uh, I say Chisora gets a knockout middle round. Let's see. Six round. Cool. All right. So we have one, two, three, six, seven, eight fights predicted. That's a big weekend. Yes. Eight fight parlay. If you're into that kind of thing, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. So Reese, that's the big fight of the weekend. So we got one, two, three, looks like four title fights overall. Um, split between Dazen or Dazon. I can't always say Dazen. Dazon and uh, Fox pay-per-view. And then Friday night, we had uh, obviously Michael Conlon, which you predicted, uh, Jake predicted, on ESPN Plus, which will be free to watch if you have ESPN Plus, or if not, get it. Uh, yeah, so that's eight fights overall. We got the one UFC fight, uh, big boxing weekend, obviously, and then we got a couple big UFC weekends coming up along with some big boxing weekends in the next couple weeks. Um, and other news, uh, Ryan Garcia's fight's canceled. Um, he's dealing with some mental stuff, I guess. And he, uh, said he's not fighting, um, whatever's going on there. I hope he gets better. Cause, uh, as much as I don't think he's ready to fight these dudes, I enjoy watching him fight. So <laughs> love to see him back. Um, Lomachenko's fighting June 26th. You said, yes, June 26th. He's coming back. So we'll hopefully see him back in the ring. It'll be his first time since he lost to, uh, uh I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Tio. Tio, yeah, Tiofimo Lopez. Um, be his first time back. So hopefully, you know, he comes back strong. Um, and other news, UFC-wise, uh, a couple canceled fights next weekend was supposed to be Corey Sanhagen versus TJ Dillashaw. Dillashaw got cut on his eye or something like that in sparring. Um, so that fight is canceled. Um, I don't know what the main fight's going to be yet, but it looks like it's going to be Michelle Waterson as the main event, who I always watch, like watching her fight. But we'll talk about that next week. And then uh, next weekend after that, we got uh, – I know, is that two weekends? Let's see. No, yeah. Not – the weekend after that, we got the lightweight championships between Michael Chandler and Oliveira, and we'll definitely talk a lot about that card. Um, any other news? No. Uh, no, that's the that's – the, um, the uh, Lomachenko, obviously, is the, is, that's the big news that they yeah. – and we have a date. Oh, yeah. Uh, June 12th, um, Marvin Vittori is going to be fighting Izzy Adesanya um, for the middleweight belt. That's a new fight. Um, it's going to be exciting. Marvin Vittori and Israel Adesanya already fought, and Izzy beat him already, but it's going to be cool because I think Vittori's gotten a lot better. Um, but we'll break that down as well. It's going to be June 12th, so that's a new fight that was uh, announced. And then uh, Cyril Gan and Alexander Volkov. Um, yeah, so... Uh, and I don't know if I said this last time, but Wonder Boy versus Gilbert Burns, that's going to be on Connor's card. That's going to be a really good fight as well. Um, so a lot of good fights coming up, a lot of good stuff to break down. Uh, make sure you guys are checking it out. Let us know your predictions. Let us know if there's any fighters that you want us to check out. And, uh, yeah, we will see you guys next week. Peace. Peace.